Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Yeah, welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. This is Kurt Mortensen here, podcast 380. Let's talk about how to sell, how to persuade, how to influence those angry, hostile, bitter people. How do we deal with that? We're going to talk about that today. Hopefully your week's going well. Little Horse been doing about 20 hours of Zoom and webinars this week. And the big topic is how do you influence up? How do you influence to the side? How do you lead the leader? How do you sell the salesperson? How do you persuade when you don't have the position? Very important thing is organizations are getting flatter. We're working around the world. The changes in the workplace, we have to adapt to that. And that's a big one. Because really, when you're the manager influencing down, it's, it's easier. It's, it's easy. But when you have to influence up the CEO, the vice president, influence a manager that's equal to you, it's a different form of influence. If you want more information on that, you want a webinar, let me know. Contact me at Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com as you learn to become more persuasive. Everything you want in life is on the other side of persuasion. I've told you before, we should have learned this in school. And I want you to be more observant this week because the way to become a great persuader, great influencer, a great leader is to benchmark the great ones out there. The people around you, what are they doing well? But also benchmark the people out there that are anti-leaders using anti-suasion, doing all the old school techniques like closing skills. And you've heard me say it before that closing skills is like trying to get a kiss after a bad date. You have to open people up. You have to build the trust. You have to understand exactly what's happening. So let's start off with the persuasion blunder of the week. Don't, don't, don't. Now, the message today is apology is cheap. And the human brain doesn't like to apologize. The human brain doesn't like to admit they're wrong. The human brain needs to be right. That's the bottom line. You have to understand that. An apology can be cheap. That's what people are looking for. You have to understand that anger, when people feel anger, they've been wronged and they're looking for someone to blame. And if you don't give them someone to blame, it's going to accelerate and it could go downhill really fast. Because when two people are angry, woo, you have to be careful. Now, the rule of negotiation and persuasion is pretty simple. Only one person angry at a time and it should not be you. So let me be generic here so we're not naming names. There's this fun game that high school seniors played called Assassin, where they all get water guns and they have to squirt other people. They have to record it on their phone. And once they get one, then they are assigned another. I mean, it's a fun thing seniors do. They've been doing it for a long time. So you can't attack them at school and you can't get them in the workplace, at least inside. So they stake people out, wait till they come outside their home or the workplace. So she's 18, was outside this dance studio. You know, the person was inside. She's going to get them when they're coming out, have a lot of fun with it. Then all of a sudden, the whole dance studio comes out. They saw this person and attacked them, pulled them to the ground, ripped off their sweatshirt, ripped the squirt gun out of their hand, pretty much broke their finger, and ran away. I mean, totally against the rules. You can't do that, but that happened. And the challenge was 
This was all led by the adult. It wasn't just the high school kids who don't have frontal lobes, right? Who can't think straight. It was the leader of the group, the leader of the dance studio. The owner of the dance studio led the group to do this. You know, in their mind, they were probably having fun, you know, protecting the person. When you break someone's finger, pull someone to the ground, rip off their sweatshirt, there's issues with the parents. Parents are mad. They call the police. Things are happening. And here comes the call from the dance studio owner to the parent. Well, you know, they shouldn't be here. They started it. They were wrong. That was happening. It's not our fault. And like, whoa, whoa, whoa. All the parent wanted was an apology. I'm sorry. It got out of control. But the denial, it's your fault. You're the bad person here. It accelerates it. And now there's legal issues. Police involved, lawyers involved, things happening. All that had to happen in that situation was, I'm sorry. That shouldn't have happened. And so I'm not saying that's the perfect thing to say in every situation, every negotiation, but when they're looking for someone to blame and it's no big deal, that might be something to think about. Really, apology is cheap. I'm sorry. That was not my intent. That's not what was supposed to happen. You can work through it and understand it because the emotions of anger, you have to be careful. They're looking for someone to blame. And if you don't take the blame, you either have to find someone else to take the blame or you're going to get it. Again, I'm not saying every situation you want to take the blame and admit it's your fault, but sometimes you can say, I'm sorry, without admitting you're a fault. I'm sorry, that was not my intent. That doesn't mean you were the person to blame, you just apologize. It diffuses the situation. It's pretty much that simple. I've seen it many times where someone says, I'm sorry, I apologize. I didn't mean for that to happen. Again, you just watch them diffuse. Like, okay, don't do it again. You're like, okay, let's move on. And you can move on. So that is the blunder of the week. A simple apology would have made it go away. Now there's police and lawyers involved. All right, let's get to listener email. And that's going to launch us into our article. Oh, boy. And this correlates with our anger theme today or our emotional theme. This is from Kristen near Seattle. Now, remember, if we use your email on the show, you get access to InfluenceUniversity.com. That's the gold membership. So send me those emails at Kurt, K-O-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Also go there for your free Persuasion IQ assessment, the free new edition of Maximize Your Influence, more information about Influence University. Everything you want is right there. Check it out. Again, Kristen from Seattle says, Kurt, I'm starting to do real estate. I'm really passionate about it. I went to this elderly gentleman's house. And we were talking. I let him know I wanted to be an income property. I wanted to rent it out. And I could tell his tensions were starting to rise. He was asking what else I wanted to do it. And there's a couple wall I wanted to remove and carpet I wanted to replace. And all of a sudden, he got angry, told me to get out. And I never heard from him again. I wanted to make him a good offer. I wanted to make it a win-win. But he got angry. What's going on? Well, Kristen, you just made fun of his children. Now, as parents, we know our children aren't perfect, but we're the only ones that can discipline or think that our children are not perfect. But when someone else says that your children aren't perfect, that something's wrong, we get upset, we get angry, and you did that with their house. This is an emotional thing. This is their house. They've lived there for, what, 30, 40 years? You mentioned that he was elderly. They've lived there a long time. This is their emotion, and you want to change it? You want to rent it? You want to remove a wall? You want to change their perfect carpet? Yeah, hello, you're making fun of their children. That's why they're angry, because you want to make these changes. 
you got to be very careful. In fact, I was talking to a local real estate agent that one technique they found very effective is to include a photo of the young family and the children. We love your house and we want to take care of it. Is one of the biggest things that make a big difference. Because if you're an investor and you're going to rent it and make changes, that's a blow to the esteem. That can trigger anger, which is exactly what happened. You triggered anger. We have to learn how to deal with the angry, hostile, bitter people out there. They're out there. It's emotional. It's real. The worst thing you can do, of course, is not validate their anger. But let's talk about ways to do that. Which brings us to our geeky weekly scholarly article. This is titled 10 Ways to Diffuse the Hostility of People Who Are Angry by Dr. Greenberg in Psychology Today. And now more than ever, this is important because people get angry really fast. They'll cancel you really fast. They'll get mad really fast just because of something you said, something you believe, something you posted 20 years ago. Again, I don't remember how long Facebook's been around, but that's the challenge. And just grateful Facebook wasn't around when I was growing up. And I keep telling that to my college students. I'm like, quit posting that on social media. That's the first place HR goes to see if they're even going to interview you. It's recorded forever. And that's the crazy thing about today is how everything's recorded. We have to be so careful. So how do we deal with those bitter, hostile, antagonistic, mean, crazy people? So, Kristen, I looked this up. This is an article I had in my archives I want to talk about a little bit. And there's a few things here. They talked about the 10 ways. I'll go over a few of them, and then I'll add my own insights here, and then I'll add a few more steps. The first one by Dr. Greenberg is consider remaining silent until a person calms down. So she's saying the lack of reaction can calm them down. And that's true for some people, but some people want to fight. When you don't get angry, they become more angry. So I would say it depends on the situation, but you do want to remain calm and control. You do want to address the situation. You want to show a little empathy. You want to talk about the situation. Again, you need to validate their emotion. So let me add to this. Validate their emotion. The worst thing you say is you shouldn't be angry. You shouldn't be upset. That's where we blow it as parents. You shouldn't be depressed. They're like, well, I am. You shouldn't be angry. I am. You shouldn't be afraid. They're like, I am. You have to validate it doesn't matter if it's real to you. It's real to them. So don't say, oh, you're emotional. You're angry. No, it's not how you validate it. You can say, I'm feeling a little tension, feeling a little frustration, or even better, you're really passionate about this, aren't you? I'm sensing a strong feeling in the room. Those are the ways that you address it, not by saying you're an angry elf. If you've ever seen the movie Elf, right? Not good. Calm down. Uh, not good. You have to address it. That's the first one. The second one is listen quietly and not occasionally. Again, same category. You want to show empathy. You want to listen. I would add to that too is I would say, you mind if I take notes and show your empathy, learn to listen? Don't start fubbing. Like, what's fubbing? Well, we've talked about it before on the show. Fubbing is a new word that means when your cell phone buzzes or your email dings, you look away. No, no, they need your eye contact at this time. You better turn off your computer, hide your cell phone. And look at them like they're the most important person on the earth, and then nod your head. And the next one I've kind of talked about is express empathy. And it might not sound like fun, you might not agree, and it could be as simple as, I'm sorry you feel that way. You don't have to agree with them. You might even say, you know, I get it. Or you're right. No, you don't always want to say you're right, but that's a powerful one in persuasion negotiation. You're right. It validates them. Now, if you don't feel that way, you don't want to say it, but if you're like, you're right, I'd be angry too. 
Whoo, you're talking validation. Number four, change the topic. I mean, talk about something that they have an expertise in. Everyone likes to talk about that. That can be along the same categories as asking a logical question. You know, when people are in low anger, that might be a way to do it. If they're in high anger, that changes it. Let me add something to this. When people feel anger, blood leaves their brain. There's a physiological response for every emotion. And anger, blood leaves the brain. There's fight or flight. And they're not thinking straight. That's why their face turns pale or red, because the blood has left or is leaving the brain for that physiological response. And then she also mentions that if the anger is fast and furious, excuse yourself. Pretend you have another task to attend. And I'll add to that too. Yeah, oh, I got to take this call. Maybe want to take a break, go to lunch, reschedule. It takes the human brain about 20 minutes to reset from intense anger. Remember, there's chemicals that are released into the body. So take a break, reschedule. I agree with that 100%. That is something you can definitely do. So those are a few things that she talked about in our weekly geeky, scholarly article. But I want to add a few things to that also. But let's talk about a few other things you can do with the angry, hostile, bitter person. Now, also remember, too, that when people are hostile, mean, and bitter, it's kind of how they're feeling on the inside. Don't take it personally. They're just attacking the world because they feel attacked. They're just mean to you because they're feeling mean inside. The dog gets kicked not because they're a bad dog, just because they were the one there. That might be you. So you just have to realize that this could be a function of a variety of different things. So let's talk about a few more that you can do to deal with this angry, mean, bitter, strange, don't want to deal with person. All right, you ready? I'm going to add one here is a distraction, a loud burp. Okay, maybe not a burp. But a distraction, something that distracts them that gives them a little time to get blood back in their brain, bringing in food, an odd comment, a rhetorical question, or again, some type of distraction. Something I've done. I was going to monitor a negotiation, and uh, they beat me there. They were there first. They were upstairs fighting, angry, yelling. So I came upstairs figuring they'd notice me, didn't notice me, didn't care, And on the top of the stairs was this open box, and it was full of packing peanuts. They had already taken out what was ever inside of it, but it was open, so I kicked it down the stairs. It's all, trunk, peanuts everywhere, trunk, peanuts everywhere. And they looked at me, looked at the box, looked at me, looked at the box, looked at me. And it was just enough time to get a little blood back in the brain to realize they were out of control. And that works very well in some situations. I'm just giving you tools. You have to decide which tool you're going to use. The second one, and I alluded to this briefly earlier, is let's attack the common enemy. Let's get mad at the common enemy. Oh, COVID or the government or taxes. I guess that's part of the government. Or the competition or fill in the blank. Now, you don't want it to be you or your manager or company, but if you can find a common enemy, get mad together, that's actually unifying. It can be very beneficial to you. So find a common enemy if you can. The other one we've talked about, just want to reiterate, is validation. Validate that emotion. Do not say calm down. Do not say you shouldn't be angry. Do not say that's just how it is. They're feeling emotions. They're not thinking straight. Anger is a secondary emotion. What that means is what they're angry about and really angry about could be two very different things. You have to validate it. And you have to find out, too, what's happening here? Where's this anger coming from? When couples fight over toothpaste and toilet seats, there's other issues. Talking to a college student, this black guy, I'm like, what happened? He's like, my roommate hit me. I'm like, why? He's like, I was eating my cereal too loud. 
hello, other issues. And so part of validation is asking the questions, peeling the onion back, finding out exactly what the issue is. Because a lot of times what people say they're angry about and really angry about can be two very different things. That's why it's called a secondary emotion. So remember, only one person angry at a time. Stay in control. Learn your emotional intelligence, your EQ. Learn to read when they're angry. And just realize that when they're angry, don't keep persuading. You've got to back up and deal with that emotion. Because remember, mood matters. When people are angry in a bad mood, they're called negative things, why it won't work out. You've got to back up and address it. If you keep vomiting, data dumping on them, that's not going to be helpful. You've got to back up and address it. However you do it, you have to address it. Do not ignore it. And anger is just such an interesting emotion. Some people say it's like drinking poison and hoping it hurts your enemy. (laughs) Because you're angry and they're out having fun and you hold that resentment, that anger And that's what resentment is. It comes from the word sentir, which means to feel. You're refeeling, rehashing. You're getting angry the moment you wronged. I remember moving into a new neighborhood, and I was talking to someone who lives there. They said, oh, so-and-so lives there. We don't talk to them. You know, five years ago, this happened. I'm like, really? So I convinced her to come to go to the door. And I said, hey, I have a new neighbor. And she says, hey, remember me five years ago? He's like, really? I did. I'm sorry. (laughs) So she stuck to this thing. She held on to this thing for five years. And this guy didn't even remember. It was a Buddy Hackett that said, hey, I don't get mad anymore because I'm at home fuming and they're out dancing. That's the challenge with anger. So we have to learn how to address it and how to deal with it. Just remember, they've been wrong. They're looking for someone to blame. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter at this point. You've got to deal with it. You can't ignore it. It's real to them. And that's even true with fear. Oh, you should be afraid of flying. Let me tell you about the statistics. Does that ever help? No. And the same thing is true with anger. You have to deal with it. It's a secondary emotion. You have to understand it. And you need to stay in control. We don't want both people angry at the same time. And I've given you some tools today to understand it, to deal with it, and turn it around to where you can connect and build rapport and find that common enemy, whatever your tool is that you're going to use. But those are a variety of tools. You're not going to use them all, but the more tools you have, the more persuasive you can be. So, Kristen, hopefully that answers your question. There are angry, bitter, hostile people out in the world. Kid, it's usually how they're feeling on the inside. And it can be because of low self-esteem. And you can put yourself in their shoes and think about why it's really happening and why they're attacking you. It makes it easier to control. So that is our podcast for the day. Kristen, I'll send you the information for InfluenceUniversity.com, the gold membership. Hey, everyone, there's a free membership to that also. Just letting you know about that, that you have access to. Let me know if you want me to do a free webinar to your team about persuasion, motivation, and influence. I'm very passionate about it. We should have learned it in school. I want to teach your team. Reach out to me at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Our special of the week is the new, starting to be the best-selling program, 111 Sales Hacks. And there's actually more than that which is a three to four minute video of the persuasion tool, the science behind it, how to apply it, how to use it. So you're learning a new tool every week. Because most people only have, what, four, five, maybe six persuasion tools. There's over 100. Actually, there's over 200. But we're going to teach you the skills real simple. I'll put the link on the website. So I appreciate you for being here. Tell your family, friends, and enemy. Hit like, hit subscribe. Go to Maximize Your Influence under iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio. It's all there. And understand... Direct correlation between your success and your persuasion. Napoleon Hill, 
what he interview? Hundreds of millionaires? And he said, it's a magic ingredient. This is the key. You're wondering what's taking so long? It's your ability to persuade and influence. So master these skills. Take something you learned today to be more influential, a better negotiator, a better person, and go out and persuade with power.